Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. All right, we've been in a series and we've been talking about this space of prayer and really what it looks like to have a kingdom prayer life, what, what that looks like for us. And Jason did an incredible job a few weeks ago of leading us into the space of setting the foundation for our prayer life really comes out of this understanding our knowledge of who God is. And, and there's this reality as we grow in our relationship with God. How many of you know we discover a few more things about him in that journey? No different than the relationships of our life. As we spend time with one another, we learn things about each other. There's people that I've known in this room almost my entire life. And as I spend more time with them, there's things that I learned about them that's new, right? God invites us into that place with him. But how many of you also know that as, as we spend time with God and as we get to know him for who he is, really is, it begins to change some of the things that we actually thought about him previously. And that, that's a powerful thing that God wants to really activate at a deeper level of our life. And Jason did a great job of helping us to understand that as we spend time with God, some of the paradigms, some of the things that we thought about him are going to be shifted in the reality of what his word reveals about who he is and what walking with him in relationship actually does for us. And that, that's really important if you want to think about deepening your prayer life, right? Because if you come into relationship with him with preconceived ideas that are wrong, how many of you know that's going to impact your, your interactions with him? And I can just tell you that first week we sat in our group and we were talking about that. And I, I just, there were some things that, I, that were coming to, to light in me about how I viewed God Maybe because of some of the ways that I was raised, some of the cultural environments there, just some of the silly things that I worked up in my own mind about who he was. And that there's such liberty and freedom in coming to his word and coming and sitting at his feet and being in relationship with him that helps us to grow in a real knowledge of who he is. And that's super important for building a healthy foundation for prayer. And then last week we talked about the space of prayer that a lot of us can get hung up on, and that's the reality of what happens when God doesn't answer prayers the way that you want him to. What happens when, when he doesn't give you the answer that you're actually praying for in your prayer life? And we learned last week, sometimes it's really important for us to stop and slow down and thank God for not answering some of the prayers that we've prayed in our life. We talked about that a little bit, like there's some things that you and I have prayed that by God's grace, he didn't say yes to for you. There's some things that I've prayed for in my life that I am so grateful down the road of my life looking back that he didn't say yes to those things in my life. But how many of you know that God answers prayers in a lot of different ways? Sometimes there's a yes. Sometimes there's a no. Sometimes there's a not yet. And what we learned last week was one of the key ingredients to having a healthy prayer life is to submit ourselves to this reality that, that we're not praying for our will to be done, but we're praying for His will to be done. And when we do that, we come into alignment with the heart of God. And we were actually singing and worshiping that way this morning, saying, God, would you teach us to know your heart more? That's why we actually worship with those kinds of songs, because very rarely are those the words that actually come out of our mouth when it comes to our day-to-day -day life. We're trying to convince God to do the things that we think God should do because we think oftentimes we know better than him. I know nobody else in here wrestles with that, but I'm just saying 
guys like me wrestle through that sometimes in life. But what God wants to do is invite us into a place of being a part of his kingdom and having a kingdom perspective on the things that we see going on around us in our life. And so sometimes God doesn't answer prayer the way that we want him to because he knows better. Because he has some other things that are in the works that if we could see the full perspective of what God gets to see, we wouldn't even be praying that prayer in that moment. We would be aligning our heart with what He is wanting to do. And so sometimes our prayers, can, we can get a little bit discouraged in prayer because we're not aligned right with how Jesus instructed us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right here in my life and my family. We're going to go into a little bit more of that today. Today we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about when we when we get our hearts aligned with what, what Jason was talking about the first week and then what we talked about last week, when we get our, our hearts aligned with what the kingdom is doing, with what God is doing, we get to experience this thing called power in our prayer. We get to experience when we align with God and we align our hearts with His work, we get to see prayer be a powerful tool that literally can transform cities, that can change hearts, that can, can move in people's lives, people that are far, far from God that we would think would never make a decision to invite Him to be Lord of their life, that God can intervene in that moment and do something extraordinary. And we can look into circumstances like what we see going on in Afghanistan and know that, that if we, as the people of God, would go before Him and ask Him for His kingdom to come and His will to be done in that nation, despite the chaos that's going on there, that God has an opportunity to move in a powerful way. So here's what I'm, I'm praying that you're going to leave with today is this understanding that your prayers are powerful. I could take you to James where James tell, tells us that the effective fervent prayers of a righteous man or woman, they're powerful. They change things. And, and that is 100% truth in the Word of God. But today I want to bring us into some spaces of, of asking a little bit of this question and helping us to understand a little bit of what the disciples were processing through when they were working on this place of prayer in their own lives and they were processing. So I want you to picture this with me, if you would. We talked about this last week and Jason took us there a little bit as well. In Luke chapter 11, we get this picture of, of an interaction that's taking place with Jesus and the disciples. And they're, they're really sitting more than likely around a campfire, spending time together. And, and here's, here's, we romanticize this all the time as if Jesus and the disciples liked camping. Can I tell you, they did not like camping. There was just a reality of following Jesus, and Jesus promised to this them, to all his disciples, listen, I can't guarantee you where you're going to lay your head tonight, but come and follow me. I will teach you how to be fishers of men. There was this reality that the disciples have bought into in following this rabbi, this Jesus, the Messiah, that their life wasn't going to be comfortable. So oftentimes they found themselves in these places of just, hanging out who knows where, around a fire, and just spending time together, learning and growing. And Luke chapter 11 is really a picture of this, uh, them spending time together. And I can't help that while they were sitting there hanging out, that some of them were thinking about some of the things that Jesus had taught them and, and some of the example that Jesus had set for them. And, 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 and I'm sure that Peter was thinking about the Sermon on the Mount, which in Peter's mind had to have been like the longest, worst day of his life, right? 
Peter's the impatient one. He was always the one that was struggling and wrestling with things that Jesus was saying and always wanting to, to get going. And, and, and there's just this reality that, that as they were disciples and men walking with Jesus, they had questions. They had things that they were wrestling through. And one of the things that they were working through was this, this reality that they had seen in Jesus, that Jesus would go spend time with the Father and then from that place, he would come back and they would go do extraordinary things. Jesus would lay hands on, on the sick and they would be healed. He would, he would lay hands on blind eyes and their eyes would be opened. He, he raised a little boy from the dead and they're processing through all of these things and trying to, to bring into their own lives and their own discipleship journey this reality of, 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 of the significance of Jesus' life and how he worked and his communion with the Father and, and how when these moments would happen, he would talk with the Father and miracles would take place. And the disciples are processing processing these things and they're all sitting around just having a moment together and one of them just says this crazy crazy thing and we talked about it last week and they said Jesus teach us how to pray I really believe that it, it was probably one of those most heartfelt moments of them just processing through all this stuff that they had seen Jesus doing. Luke chapter 11, we, we, before that, we see all of these miracles that Jesus was performing, and we see relationships being healed and restored, and something was percolating in the heart of these disciples that they recognized that there was something powerful about when Jesus prayed and the results of what happened after that. And I can't help but to believe that the disciples began to go, wait a minute. We need that. Out of all the other things that they've been processing through and walking with in Jesus, this is the only place where we hear the disciples say, teach us how to do something. And they, they go into this moment with Jesus and Jesus begins to unpack for them that this reality of health and relationship and communication with the Father produces this power that you can't have on your own. It brings you into a place of accessing the heart of God and the kingdom of God in a way that you and I don't have apart from it. And Jesus begins to unfold for them how to pray and communicate with the Father. How to go before the Father and access these things that they had been witness to previously in watching Jesus. And they were disciples that were learning from the Master. And I can't help but to think for us this morning that there's some disciples in the room that would say, Jesus, I need you to teach me how to pray. I need you to take me from where I'm at because Jesus, I've watched you do some amazing things. And now, Jesus, I want to participate with you in those spaces. And here's what I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that pleases the heart of the Father. Because he did not invite us to be mere spectators in this journey of life. He invited us to jump right in and to go and make disciples ourselves. And he knows that that only comes from relationship with him. So I want to discuss with us a little bit this morning this, this question and ask us, why is prayer powerful? Why is it powerful? It doesn't matter how long you've been following Christ or the books that you've read there's, there's one thing that we know for sure, that prayer is an incredibly powerful medium if used in the way that Jesus instructed us and taught us how to walk in it. 
So today I want to I want to talk about four truths. And if you're taking notes, man, I just encourage you to do that. When you when you come and gather together, when we're coming, learn, take some notes, learn a little bit. Let it be something that you process beyond this point in your life. But I want to speak to you four truths today, and we're going to dig into the word and let it kind of define these fours. But here's here's truth number one. Why is prayer powerful? Because we know that God hears our prayers. Now that seems kind of simple, but here's, here's the reality of it for us. If we don't believe that God actually hears what we're saying, then the faith behind our prayers is going to be almost non-existent. But if we believe that the God of the universe who created everything that we see by His spoken word is listening and actually cares about what is coming out of our heart and our mouth, I promise you that will change your prayer life. And what it does is it empowers it. So I want to take you to a few verses to build some faith in your heart of this understanding that God is not just out there floating around, but He's actually attentive and listening to the things that come out of our hearts. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, reading now the New Living Translation, says it this way, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and His ears are open to their prayer. I want to remind you what Scripture is teaching us here. That as we walk in right relationship with God, and again, that's not because you're perfect. That's because the perfect one went to the cross, died for you, and made you righteous in Him. That's where your righteousness comes from. So our right standing with God, as we walk in right standing with God, here's what Scripture tells you, that God hears your prayers. So you have absolute confidence every day that you get up and throughout your day that when you open your mouth in communication with the Father, He hears your prayer. He hasn't turned Himself from you. He's not ignoring you. He's not like many of our parents were to us at times in our life when we were just jabbering away and they they just had to tune us out a little bit. Come on, there's real parents in the room, right? I'm one of them. But the Father's heart is always turned and His ear is turned to your prayer. He's listening to the things that are on your heart. We took a few moments this morning to just pour out our hearts to Him in the space of worship. And here's what I want you to know. He was listening all through that time. And He cares. Jeremiah chapter 29. And most of you are going, oh, He's going to verse 11. No, we're actually going to go to verse 12. Verse 11 is really good. He knows the plans that he has for you. They're important. They're significant. But listen to what verse 12 says. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found of you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. God was speaking this prophetically over the children of Israel, but what He was doing is revealing His heart and how He interacts, listen to me, with His people. God was speaking, listen, I I already know the plans that I have for you. This is where we come into alignment with exactly what Jesus was teaching us in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke 11. When we pray, pray this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what is coming out of the heart of God right here in this Jeremiah chapter 29 space. Listen, I know the plans that I have for you. I've already got this set out. 
I knew you before you took your first breath. This is what God speaks to us. And as you pray and as you seek my face and as your, your heart is poured out to me, God's saying, I know the plans that I have for you. And here's what I want you to know, that when you pray, I'm listening. And I'm working on your behalf. Come and seek me with your whole heart. Need your attention here this morning. Here's the challenge for most of us. Here's the challenge even in our prayer life. All too many times we pursue God half-heartedly. We want God's blessing and all of those things in our life, but we're not too sure that we want to submit to His will. So we come to Him, and the Bible describes it as being double-minded sometimes in our prayer. God, I, I want you to do this. But God, I'm not so sure that I want to submit to your will in this area. And God's inviting us, and he spoke to us this week about it, to trust him with our whole heart. Here's what we get encouraged with out of the book of Psalms. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your owner. In other words, the temptation for each one of us is this place. God, I think I know better. In fact, God, I'm pretty sure that I know better. And God's saying, listen, I know best. Trust me. Prayer is birthed out of the place, and powerful prayer in our lives is birthed out of the place where we're willing to say, God, you know better, and I'm going to trust your will. And so therefore, God, I know that you hear my prayer, and that when you hear my prayer, and the things that are going on in my heart, that I'm going to move myself into alignment with what you're doing. I'm not asking you, God, to come into alignment with what I'm doing. And when we pray from that place, that's where power comes into our prayer life. There is no power in your prayer life when you're trying to get God to align with you. But when we align ourselves with Him, that's where all the power of heaven begins to be accessed in our life. John chapter 9, verse 31, I love this one. It says, We know that God does not listen to sinners, but He is ready to hear those who worship Him and do His will. We wrestle with our prayer lives all too often because what we're really wrestling with is our will versus God's will. Not, not whether God wants to heal somebody or move in our nation or help our, our workplace or be with our family or provide financially for you. Listen, God's already declared that He is your provider. He's got all of those spaces covering. What's happening in the space of prayer, some of you need to really listen to this today, is there's a conflict of your will and God's will. And God's saying, listen, I want to move on your behalf. I want to do what is best for you. But the person standing in the way of that is you. And God's saying, will you just trust me? Will you just trust me that I, I've got this worked out and I know the next steps and they're going to be good. They may not be what you expect, but they're going to be good. And they're going to produce in your life probably the very things that you really desire, but they're probably not going to happen the way that you want them to. And God's saying, will you trust me in that? Will you put your faith in me in that process? And that's where many of our prayer lives get hung up and why we get frustrated. Because it's our will that is having to be submitted 
to the authority of God in our life. And when we do, though, I just want to give you a key. When we do, when we submit our will to God's will, power, the power of God comes into those moments and we see Him do the things that only He can do. Why is prayer powerful? Prayer prayer is powerful because we know that our God hears our prayers and is responding to that in our life when we align ourselves with Him. The second thing is this, and and many of us have probably never even thought about this space, but I want want you to think about this, that, that prayer is powerful when we speak, things are going to happen. Why is that? I want you to think about this for you. When we speak, things are going to happen. Why? Because God created you in His image. If you go clear back to the book of Genesis, when God created man, it says that God created man in His image. We are image bearers of God in the world today. How, how, how can I say that different? We, we, are, we are those who, when people look at our lives, they get an opportunity to see God through us. Some of you are like, I don't think that's what people, when they see my life. Can I tell you, when you proclaim God's grace and His mercy and His favor and His kindness, and even in your brokenness, His faithfulness, when those things come out of us in life, people are seeing the God of creation coming alive in and through your life. And as an image bearer of Christ, we also get to partner with Him in this beautiful space of creation. How did God create? He spoke His Word, and things that were not came into being. And God has given us that same privilege in walking with Him in relationship that as we see the brokenness of our world, as we see marriages that are in dysfunction, as we wrestle with the process that our kids are going through in their life and all of the things that come up in this journey of life, sickness and disease and financial troubles and difficulties, all of these spaces that as we look at those moments, the same way that God looked the vast expanse of darkness and there was nothing there and He spoke the worlds into existence, God looks at the dark, abyss places of our life and He wants us to join with Him in those moments. He wants you and I to look at our marriage that looks hopeless, an abyss. There's nothing that can happen good out of that space. And He wants us to see it with his kingdom perspective on it and go, no, 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 no. There's something beautiful that's going to rise out of that place. When you feel the frustrations of your life, whether it's addictions or you look at the world that's around you and you're frustrated with the state of our country, all of those places look like the black abysses that were previous to the word of God being spoken into them and them coming to life. And we get to partner with God in that place of faith when it comes to our prayers to look at the places of our lives and of our community that desperately need God and say, God, what looks hopeless, I believe your word. I believe your character. I believe that you are faithful. God, I believe that you can, you can reconcile relationships. God, I believe that you can heal broken hearts. God, I believe that you can even heal sick and broken bodies because you've done it before and you'll do it again. And that's who you are. So God, I'm going to join with you in prayer and the words of my mouth. And God, I'm going to speak life into these moments. And God, we're going to see you do what only you can do. There's power in your prayer. And there's power in your prayer because you were created in the image of of God. Think about that. Here's the third one. 
prayer aligns us with God's will and plan and nothing can stop those things from taking place. I know some of us really wrestle with that inside of our faith space of our life, but here's what I want you to know. When God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. We know that we have the promise of Jesus that He will return. Can I just tell you, He's going to return. Period. And there's things and promises that God's given us in His Word where He's already made the declaration of that. And what we get to learn how to do is to connect ourselves, to plug into the reality of that into our lives. What connects us with that? Prayer. Communion with the Father. See, God created us for a purpose. And that purpose was to be His image bearers in the world that we live in today. Yet all too often, because we're not connected with Him in that process, we don't shine the light that He invited us into in walking with Him. Let me illustrate this for you. This is a, an incredible invention and device. It's a light, right? It's really cool. Looks neat. Its purpose and function is singular. It's used to create light so that you and I can see, right? And it's a great device. The only problem with this device is without it being plugged into a power source, its potential is exactly what I hold in my hands. Just light that looks cool. It's not actually doing what it was created for. It's just kind of here. Many of us function in our Christian life like this light. Like we bear the image of what we're supposed to be doing, but we're not actually functioning in the way that God... So there's, there's all this potential. There's potential in this light. But if I don't plug it in, that potential is never realized. And so for us as followers of Christ, and in our journey of life, we need to take the moment where we plug ourselves into the source and this thing gets to do what it was created to do. You're like, please shut that off. It's annoying and irritating. And it's really cool, right? This light, I'm going to shine it up for a second. This light is doing what it was created. The potential now in it is alive and activated, but only because it's plugged into the source. And many of us are trying to do our Christian life without plugging into the source of power for us and so we're wrestling through prayer and we're wrestling through day-to-day -day life. And you guys are okay over here? You guys are getting a little suntan. It looks good on you. And we're trying to do that in our own strength and ability, but, but it's just it's not any good. Let me, let me help you illustrate this even a little bit further. What we were really designed for is to go into the darkness and be light into that space. So let me illustrate it for you in this way. This is what our world looks like today, the day and age in which we live. Make no mistake about it. Darkness is getting darker. And God created us to be image bearers. In fact, he said, you are to be a, a light to the world that you're in. And when light shines in darkness, there is a profound difference than there is in light, right? I know now everybody's closing their eyes, but I want you to look around for a second. How many of you see this light more clearly now that it's dark in the room? Go ahead and turn the lights back on, please. All too many of us are comfortable with shining our light, now look around you here, in church where there's already a lot of light. 
But are we willing to be a light in the darkness where the world actually really needs to see the light? That's my question for us today. Are we, are we plugged in through the, the medium of prayer to connect with the power of God in our lives so that the world that is dark can see light through us? Or are we willing to shine our lights where there's already light, but when we go into the world, our light doesn't shine so much because we're not actually connected to the source in those spaces? Can I tell you, church, we can't be different in, in this life that we're in. God wants you to live in the potential that he created inside of you. And here's what you've got to hear. That potential is a powerful space. Powerful enough to ignite and to light a whole room. That's what he created you for. But all too often in our journey of faith, and as we get out into the world, we turn our light off or we come unplugged from the source, right? because of the darkness that's around us. That's what you were made for, was to be light in darkness. And so as we think about prayer, prayer is powerful because when we align ourselves with the will of God, when we connect ourselves to the power source, then the potential that's inside of us, the thing that God's created you to do and be, actually comes alive and is illuminated, and people's lives are different because of what they see in you. No offense, I don't need light when it's light. I need light when it's dark. And here's a world that we're living in that is dark and they desperately need the light of what God's put in us, church. And so when we pray, when we connect with God in the place of prayer, we come into alignment with His will and He fills us with His power so that we can be a light in the world that we're in. You guys following me this morning? I'm preaching way better than your amen and I can tell you that. There's this reality of what God's doing in us. Here's the fourth thing. When we pray together, God multiplies that work. We're talking about prayer. and Why is prayer powerful? When we pray together, when we gather together and pray, there's something that God has put into the fabric of his kingdom where that is multiplied. Look at this in Matthew chapter 18. We're going to read verses 19 and 20, it says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, to be very clear, if you actually translate that word ask, it's you pray. So whatever you're praying together, when we're walking together in unity, my Father in heaven will do for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, notice, notice the tag there, as my followers. Followers are following his leading, not their own agenda. Can I bring clarity to that? So wherever two of us or three of us are gathered together in his name, that are his followers. In other words, that their lives are submitted to following the master. I'm trying to bring some clarity here because oftentimes we gather together two or three of us, but we're not actually following him. We're, we're following our desires, our agendas. He invites us into, hey, when you, when you come together and, and you're walking and you're following me, it goes on to say, I am there among them. Jesus promises to be with us in this moment. We know the scripture tells us if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000. It's this multiplication thing that God has. Here's what I think. I think in God's divine design, he thought, if I can just get them to agree on anything, I'm going to bless that. 
If, if I can just get them to sit down for a second and look each other in the eye and agree together, I want to bless that. And how he blesses that is by multiplying the power of that one individual prayer and he yokes it together with another one and another one and another one and something extraordinary happens. This is why, can I just tell you, why the devil loves when we don't pray. This is why the devil loves when we're more impressed with a TV show than when we are in a prayer meeting. This is why the devil's totally okay with you going out and doing the good things of life. Like, go enjoy time with your family. I'm not saying anything's wrong with spending time with our family. He just doesn't want you praying. So if he can get you to do the good things of life and avoid these spaces of multiplying yourself together in prayer with other people, he's totally okay with that. And he wants you to feel really good about it. And yet God is saying, hey, would you, would you come and gather together? Would you join with one or two other believers? What happens when there's 50 of us together and we're praying? This summer, I got to experience the power of that in our missions team. We had 37 of us that were a part of praying for almost eight months prior to going down and doing a mission trip. We got to see God do extraordinary things, not because we're awesome, but because we prepared the way in prayer with Him in partnership together. And then as we got down there, ran into things that we need. We didn't just go, man, I just hope this works out. No, we stopped and we prayed together. God, show us what to do in these moments. How, how do we handle these situations? What, can I just tell you the same thing hap- should be happening in our lives day to day here? But all too often, we, we're just, we're, we don't even take the time to call somebody and say, hey, will you pray with me? Right? We don't understand the power that comes when two or three of us gather together. We've been gathering together on Saturday evenings and just spending some time together in prayer, together. And it changes us. And I believe that it's moving us in. Not because I have this great faith, but because I know what God's Word says. When we gather together and pray, that God multiplies that in our lives. Can I just tell you, prayer is powerful. And prayer is even more powerful when we gather together. So this is why it's important for us to be in community. This is why it's important for us to be in relationship because God wants to do some incredible things in our life. I want to close with this today. Jesus' kinds of prayers, the kinds that he taught his disciples in, are not only powerful, but they actually change things. They change all kinds of stuff. Here's what we see. Hearts being changed. Blind eyes being open, Seas being parted. The dead coming back to life. Marriages being restored. Wayward kids finding their home in Christ. Cities being transformed. Whole nations being changed. I just read for you things straight out of Scripture. And I can go back through and tell you exactly who was praying in those moments. Elijah prayed to the Father that a little boy's life would come back to him. And it did. Moses stood on the edge of a sea and the only thing that was behind him was death. And he prayed and God opened up the sea for him. I can go on and on and on and so can you. When God's people pray, extraordinary things happen. When God's people don't pray, really bad things happen. 
And church, we've got to be a people who, as followers of Christ, that's what we identify ourselves as, as Christians, followers of Christ, that we are marked by this space of being a people who know how to pray. Let me speak this over your life. When you pray the way that Jesus taught us to pray, here's the things that can change in your life. Your children, your relationship with your spouse, co-workers who don't know any hope in Christ, your finances, the lost people around you in your city, your country, which for most of us, that's pretty hard to believe right now in this moment. The sick, the heartbroken, the mentally ill, those discouraged, all kinds of things are impacted when you pray. And when we don't, those same things are impacted, just not in the direction that we were hoping for. Church, this is not condemnation. This is an invitation. We are followers of Jesus. And Jesus gave us the blueprints to be instruments of change in our culture and time. And that comes out of the place of being a people who know how and are learning how to pray. I'm not really concerned about where your prayer life is today. My hope and prayer for you is that your prayer life is growing from day to day to day. Can I just tell you, I've gone through all kinds of seasons of my life. Seasons where prayer was the greatest thing ever. And seasons where I didn't even know why I was praying. I didn't feel like anything was changing and happening. But here's the reality of what Jesus teaches us through His Word. That when we stop and we pray the way that He instructed us to pray, there's a power that comes from heaven into our lives that begins to change the circumstances and the lives that are around us. There's things that happen inside of us that I I can't explain to you how they work. I just know that when we pray, things change inside of here. I'm a product of that in my own life. And so as you think about your prayer life, as you think about the days that are ahead of you, as you think about the stressors and anxiety and the pressures that surround you in your life, as you see the direction of our country and you see the brokenness of our world, do we worry Or do we pray? Do we recognize that God has a power for us to access that actually enables us to be a part of the solution rather than just complaining about the difficulty? Do we recognize that as the children of God, we've been been invited as followers of Jesus to partner with Him in a great work that He wants to do both in our families, our lives, our community, and our world. When we recognize that, then we get to experience the power of God that works through the medium of prayer. So I just want to invite you in that today. As we think about the weeks that are ahead, as you think about your life and your family, moms and dads, the significance of you stopping in the morning before your kids go out the door to school and you laying hands on them and praying for them for their day, for the blessing of God in them, that is more significant than you can even imagine. Husbands and wives, to stop for a moment with each other before you go to bed or before you head off to work and to take a moment and pray for each other is powerful. 
to have the courage and boldness when we're in our workplaces and there's somebody who's going through a really messed up situation and we don't know if they believe in Jesus or not, but we know he's the only answer to that situation, to stop and say, listen, I'm not sure where you're at with Jesus, but here's what I know. I know the brokenness you're in and I know Jesus has an answer for you. Can I pray for you in that moment? Instead of complaining about what's going on in our country and our world, to actually stop, get off our knees, turn the TV off and say, God, you're the only one that can help our nation in the brokenness that it's in. Come on, church. I'm not talking about etherically being prayers. I'm talking about being practical prayers where it's actually part of our life. If we engage in that space, here's what I want to encourage you in. The power of God and what he can do through that is limitless because he gets a people who align with his will and are praying his heart, and then we get to see the extraordinary take place. So that's what I want to invite you into, and that's exactly what Jesus did with the disciples. He said, hey, here's the way to pray, and I'm just inviting you to come on this journey because it's going to be amazing. And he knew that they were going to wrestle with it, and he knew that we were going to wrestle with it, and yet he still continues to invite us to come and be a part of this space of transformation our lives in prayer. So here's the reality of it. We've just spent 21 days spending some focused prayer. But here's the reality. I want to invite you to the next 21 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years of your life of being a student of prayer, a disciple of Jesus that learns how to pray every day of your life, in every moment of your life. And I love that Jesus really challenges us in that space. Hey, bring every kind of prayer, every kind of petition. Come before me, right? And here's what we know. He's listening. Not only is he's listening, he's acting on those prayers through our life. Here's what we're going to do this morning. I, just, I felt a burden this week to just pray over us because so many times we hear about this topic of prayer and all we feel is condemnation and shame. I'm just not good enough. I'm not a good enough prayer. I don't have the words to pray. I don't pray enough. I don't pray in the right moments. And can I just tell you, that is, that is never the heart of God. God's heart is always the heart of a father saying, hey, I want you to come and experience this. I want you to partner in relationship with me. I want you to plug into my power so that I can shine through your life. He's never going, oh, look at you. Look at you lack of prayer person. That's never his heart. His heart is always an invitation to come and to be with him. So I want to pray over this this morning, and then we're going to jump into our group and spend a little, little time just processing some of this today. But I want to pray over you this morning. And if you're wrestling in that place, I just want you to submit your heart to God, to say, God, I'm not going to come before you in shame. I'm going to let you wipe all of that away. But God, I do want to grow. I genuinely want to grow in my relationship and prayer life with you, God. And just like the disciples did, Jesus, will you teach me how to pray? And I promise you his answer in that space will be yes. If you're looking for an easy yes today, just ask Jesus to teach you how to pray and he'll do it. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are so unbelievably patient with us, Lord. And Lord, I thank you through prayer, through fellowship, through abiding in you, God. Lord, that you opened up to us access to the greatest power in the world. Lord, the power that can transform a physical body. God, a, a, a power, Lord, that can, can heal the brokenness 
of our lives. Lord, a power, Lord, that can change governments. Lord, a power that can, Lord, literally, Lord, do anything. And Lord, you invited us into partnership with you through the medium of fellowship and prayer. And God, I just recognize for most of our lives, God, we have not accessed that, God, to its full potential. And so, Lord, today we are inviting you and we are even asking you, God, teach us how to pray, Lord. Lord, teach us how to walk in fellowship with you. Lord, to pray the things that are important to you. Lord, teach us how to be a people, God, who, who run to you in moments of crisis, God, rather than away. Lord, teach us how to be a people, God, who are bold and courageous, God, in our prayer life before you. Lord, I'm praying today, God, in any way where the enemy would come to bring shame and condemnation, Lord, I thank you that that is not your voice, God, and we recognize it for what it is, a lie. Lord, we thank you that the voice of the Father invites us to come and to sit at your table and to feast in fellowship with you. And Lord, I pray that the people of River Valley, God, and I would even just pray this over our city in this region, God, Lord, that we would be a people that are known for our prayer life with you. Lord, that extraordinary things take place in the Treasure Valley because the people of God here know how to pray. Lord, we thank you that you didn't make it complicated. In fact, Jesus, you spelled it out for us. When you pray, this is how you do it. God, let us be a people that respond to that, God. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for its life to us, God. Lord, we're praying today, Lord, that as we spend time in fellowship and discussion, Lord, Lord, that you would cause us to take one step closer, God, Lord, to that perfect will, God, that you've designed us to be in, Lord, to be those that are ambassadors, image bearers of you, God, to the world that we live in today. Lord, we thank you, God. We pray that your blessing, Lord, just upon our families, Lord, in the week that's ahead of us, Lord, Lord, that we would live in the fullness of what you have for us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.